Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Welcome all of those watching online. We welcome you into this experience. We began a new series entitled What's Up, and uh, we're talking about what's up. What's up to make your? What's it going to take to make our lives better? What, what's up that is going to help us uh, do everything God's called us to do? And uh, so, if you've never heard a word message before, you're getting ready to hear one today. I just got a couple of cute little video clips that, that I want to play for you, just to kind of just grab my heart. So, guys, go ahead and run those. I can't do negative today. Pubs. I may be 99% angel, but that 1% gets me in trouble. So, I just thought those were really cute. Only positive vibes today. Shh. Sometimes you need to look at people that are going down a negative pathway and just go, shh, shh. Because what they're saying is not going to change what's happened the negative, the worry, the fear is not going to help at all. But what might help and almost guarantee you will help is if you look at every situation that's going on and say, I'll get through it, I'll get over it, and I'm going to even be better for it. Um, some of the difficult things in our lives strengthen us. We think they're there to take us down, and God didn't send them, but God will allow us to use them to get stronger. And so I talked about the power of words and to this week, I'm going to talk about shut up your doubts. There are always people that look at everything going on in the natural without ever considering what might be going on in the supernatural world. And there is a supernatural world that we tap into when Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then God is saying, pull on heaven so that what's going on on earth can be impacted by what's going on in heaven. And you can't see it. That's what's called faith. And so we operate by that. Last week, I talked out a little bit about Numbers chapter 14. And, and this is very important because some people think that words are just words and they really don't matter. But words matter tremendously. Uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What you say is very, very, very important. So before you open your mouth, think. My mother used to say this. Now, she was a, a saintly woman and, and, and loved God. She said, if you don't have something good to say, don't say it at all. Now, I can't say she lived by that because I watched that German get mad. But, but I am telling you that your words will give shape to your life and your future. And so Numbers 14, it says, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites, so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do 
to you the very thing I heard you say. There's an, a, a purposeful pause there. What you say. We oftentimes blame the people around us, the way we were brought up, and numerous other things to excuse ourselves or give reasons for the way we are. And the truth is, the reason we are the way we are is because we've chosen to be this way. Now, you can say, well, but you don't understand. I was abused. I get all that. I've, I've walked through a lot of that with people, but I've also seen people who were horribly abused that are extremely successful today because they decided to talk about what they could become, not what they had been. And you can talk all, the, all you want to talk about the past, but every day I say this, forgiveness means giving up all hope of creating a better past. Giving up all hope of creating a better past because your past is the past. You can't change it. You can't fix it. And, and as much as it might affect your life today, the reason it affects our lives so much today is not just the consequences of that physically, but mentally and emotionally hanging on to that. I don't know how many of you ever have nightmares. You've got to wonder where those come from. And uh, it, it's like things that are going on where I think it's demonic activity trying to influence your positivity and, and the outlook that you have on life. And so it uh, goes on to say, in this wilderness, your bodies will fall, because that's what they were talking about. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, do not grumble. I need to have big signs. Do not grumble. Women, tell your husbands, because men are usually worse about this, do not grumble. Matter of fact, men grunt. Men stop grunting, stop grumbling, and start declaring and confessing the Word of God. So we're talking about shut up our doubts, and I'm going to read Mark chapter 11, the greatest book in the Bible, the book of Mark. Verse 19 and this is out of the Amplified Bible. That doesn't mean it's louder. It's just expanded a little bit. And when evening came on, he and his disciples, as accustomed, went out of the city. In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. Now, it didn't do it immediately, but the emphasis here is Jesus was trying to show the disciples the power. One of the messages is the power of words. Jesus spoke to it, and it happened. Now, I know in today's world that's not something we would probably experience, but I think Jesus is trying to make this point. One of the points is that your, your mouth and your words are critical to the success of your life. And so oftentimes, rather than talking to our problem, we talk about it. And Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God constantly. Have faith in God constantly. Constantly. Not periodically, but constantly have faith in God. And it's easy when we look around or look at your checkbook or you look at something, you, you know, you look in the mirror or whatever, and you just kind of start thinking and talking yourself out of what Jesus died you into, 
And before long, you have what you say, just like the Israelites. So, goes on to say, truly I tell you, whoever says, command, bid, tell, don't ask politely to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Now, here's the deal. You can talk, if you have teenagers, this is probably one of the, the toughest things to do is raise children. And it's easy for you to look at the things your children are not doing. They don't readily or quickly obey. And before long, you start telling them what they're not doing instead of what they could do. And it's so important that we, we call people what they can be or what they can become instead of the way they currently are. I, I speak to people all the time. There'll be somebody I don't even know. I said, you know, there's a champion in there. They look at me like a cow at a new gate. What do you mean there's a champion in there? Nobody ever told them that. Because all they've been told is, you're not making grades, you're skipping out, you're doing this, you're doing that. Well, they already know that. You're telling them what they already know. What you may not be telling them is what they don't know, which is God created you in his image and his likeness. Greatness resides in you. He's able to do more than you can think or imagine according to the power that works in you, and you will become that. When every bone in your body wants to reach out and slap their face, you have to overcome the desire to beat it out of them. Instead, you speak it into them. Because you cannot beat it out of them without speaking something new into them. Trust me, I know in today's world, you spank a kid, you're going to jail. When I grew up, it was just expected you're going to get at least five a week whether you needed it or not. And we're living in a world today where I disagree with our system. I, I think that the problem is there's no discipline, and where there is no discipline, there's chaos and everything else. And as much as I don't believe in abuse whatsoever, I don't believe it's abusive to uh, feel a little pain every now and then. Neither did my principles. And, and so I know this is not a popular topic, especially among those in their mid-30s. And, and they would disagree with me, and that's okay. I, I don't mind you disagreeing. My, I'm still going to be optimistic and positive towards you. We can disagree without being disagreeable. And another problem in our world today is we don't understand the power of free speech. We want everybody to, to talk to us nice while we say mean things to them. It's a horrible day that we're facing if we don't change it and say, you can say whatever you want, and you're going to have what you say. If you're mean to me, you're sowing mean seed, and it's going to come back on you, and I may be there to watch it. And I'll do my best not to applaud. No, because the reality is that, that as much as I hate, hate speech, the reality is it's not what you say, it's what I receive. So you can say whatever you want. You can call me whatever you want. If I don't receive that, it doesn't affect me. The only way it affects you is if that's what you receive as true. And so I love the fact, I love free speech, I love the ability or, or the, the opportunities that we have in our country to do that. And we pray that never leaves. Yeah, there are mean people. There have always been mean people. And there will always be mean people. You cannot stop mean people from being mean by telling them they can't say mean things. There aren't enough prisons in the world to hold all the hate that's out there. 
So we, we, we need to realize I'm responsible for what I receive and I'm responsible for what I say. Be careful before we open our mouths. Sometimes patience protects us from doubtful speech. What I'm about to share with you, I want you to grasp this just a moment. Because oftentimes, we don't wait until somebody's finished to hear the final outcome. I can look and say, you know, your grades weren't that good. And, you know, I noticed you've missed a lot of class. And that's a fact. I'm not saying ignore facts. But then you turn around and say, I know that you're smarter than your grades reveal. You're more disciplined than your attendance reflects. And all of a sudden, you turn all those things into something positive instead of just saying the obvious. They know they're not making good grades. They know they're not attending the way they should. And, and that's an obvious thing. You don't have to tell them something they already know. But what they don't know is you're better than that. You're smarter than that. You're more capable than that. And that's where your words and my words come in to begin to shape somebody's life. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen next year. But you never give up the confession that you have in that moment. And it goes here. Here's the story. A lovely little girl was holding two apples with two hands. Her mom came in and softly asked her little daughter with a smile, My sweetie, could you give your mom one of your two apples? The girl looked up at her mom for a few seconds, and then she suddenly took a quick bite out of one apple, and then quickly took a bite out of the other one. The mom felt her smile on her face freeze. She tried hard not to say something to reveal her disappointment. Then the little girl handed one, <clears throat> one of her bitten apples to her mom and said, Mommy, take this one. This one is sweeter. You see... In the moment, you look at that story, and you could quickly get negative because you've only seen or heard a part of the story. See, most often, we've only seen or heard a part of the story, and, and we need to wait, and then see what happens. But too often, we, we get in a, I don't know if you've ever gotten in a conversation with somebody that's a heated debate, and, and you, you're not listening to them. You're thinking about what you're going to say before they're ever finished. And what I've learned is the patience of listening, pondering, considering, and then opening my mouth with something that's not going to be inflammatory or mean. And you know how hard that is for fallen humanity? But you can do it. We can do it. Absolutely. But we have to have self-control. And the problem in our world is we're trying to control everybody else. If you'll have control over yourself, you don't have to worry about anybody else. What anybody else does, if you have self-control. So people can say whatever they want to you. They can pull out in front of you and you can wave at them instead of counting to one. And some of you pure-hearted people goes, honey, what did he mean by that? As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. Listen, if you want everything God has for you, you will have to have a tenacious faith. Because not only will those who don't like you tell you to shut up, but those that were walking with Jesus rebuked a man who was crying out in faith to Jesus. 
There are a lot of religious people that go to church that have never heard this message and would disagree with it because they've never practiced it. All they know is, I want to go to heaven, so I'm going to go to church, I'm going to serve, I'm going to give, and then I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah, you're going to go to heaven mean, and you're going to live in the, the mean subdivision. And we ain't ever coming to visit you. I'm thankful that when we get to heaven, all that stuff is done away with. But, but what about earth? What about life now? It's so important that we not waste a day of the life that God has given us. And so it goes on to say, Son of David, have mercy on me. He shouted more. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, this is the Son of God. Can you imagine stammering? No, this man was so in tune with what he wanted that he didn't say, well, you know, Jesus, would, would you consider, would you think about it? He said, Lord, I want to see. We have people praying today, half-hearted prayers, not even filled with faith, just going, well, I know it ain't going to happen. How many times have you heard somebody say, I'm sick, and you go, can I pray for you? They said, I've tried everything else. Jesus is first. Before you take an aspirin, go, Jesus, I don't want this to go through my liver, so I'm just calling out to you to take care of this. Now, this is extreme, but I have to be extreme to get us to say, you know what, you may disagree with me today, today but all I'm asking you to do is try it. Just try it. What does it cost you to be positive? What does it cost you to exercise faith? Absolutely nothing. You know what worry costs you? Sickness, toxins in your body. When you go around worrying and talking negative, there are literally scientific proof that black uh, stems in your brain. Uh, a neuroscientist said whenever you're negative, it's like you could see a tree dying in the natural. It just, it just gets dark. But when you're positive, it's like new branches begin to grow in your mind. You'll become smarter by just being positive. Your brain will be open to hearing good things and learning good things. And you think, you wonder why life is the way it is. And we give shape to the life we're living. All of us have something to, to be down about if we want to stay down. But I look at whatever happened to put me down as a, a platform to shoot me up. Don't quit. Don't walk away. Don't get mad. You may be up for a promotion at your job, and the devil wants you to get mad at the boss, so you quit, and what you did was you missed a promotion. You didn't even know it. It was all a test, and you flunked. I've known people that said, man, I was going to quit that job, and, you know, a week later, they came and offered me a raise, a bonus, and a promotion, and it just kept on coming. Don't let any anger, don't let anger and negativity take you out of your power spot. Uh, you know, the pandemic took a lot of churches down, took a lot of businesses down, closed a lot of them. And, and you know, even, even here we were questioning. And I just had to get up every day and declare God. And, you know, we're, we're not back yet. We're not where I want to be yet. These curtains were never closed before the pandemic, and the devil would love it if I just said, well, it ain't ever going to be the same again. And I say, you're right. It's going to be better than what it was. Well, it doesn't look like it. I'm not looking with these eyes, baby. I'm looking right here knowing that my God will never fail me. 
And, and, and it's going to be better than it ever was. And you know what? I stand up here and tell you that. And it's not like it's real simple because when I look, I go, I don't see what I want. But I see who I want and who I want wants me to have what I want. And I just have to declare the power of him who I want to get what I want. And I will have what I want and I will have what I say. Get on board. I don't know how many of you get up every day and pray for Mosaic Church, but I, I'm going to pray that tomorrow morning. Actually, if you're not going to get up and pray, I'm going to ask God to wake you up at 3 a.m. And the only way you're going to go back to sleep is you pray for Mosaic. Watch, you're going to wake up at 3 and blame me. And you are. You'll wake up because if, you if you're willing to get up at 7 and pray for Mosaic, I'll, I'll call God off and all the angels at 3. That got in your head. And some of you go, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You're going to pray before you go to bed and after. Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith, not your status, not, not your economic position. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now, what about the people that rebuked him, told him to shut up? If I was a blind man, I'd say, okay, where are you? I can hear your voice. Speak up. Don't ever tell me to shut up again. He's kept on. See, some of y'all gave up. You shut up. You gave up. Instead of shutting up your doubt, you shut down your faith. Don't shut your faith down. When we speak down to doubt and up to faith, things change. Then there's a time that, remember, how would you like to go through out all history being known as Doubting Thomas? You remember Doubting Thomas, don't you? Yeah, he was the one that doubted that Jesus really was Jesus. And, and so here's what happens. And he said to Thomas, reach out your finger here and see my hands. And, and by the way, put out your hand and place it in my side. Now, that's gross, kind of, that thought. Place it in my side. Jesus I don't want you to doubt again. I don't want you to ever doubt again. Jesus could have said, you know what? You're fired. You're out because you doubted. No, Jesus said, I'm going to address your doubt, and I'm going to produce faith as I address your doubt. Some of you grew up in a negative home. You, you know, you, you heard the thing, nothing good ever happens to us. It's just our family. It's just the way things go. We never get the good job. We never get the breaks. It's time for you to change that and say, you know what? Everything my hand touches prospers. And you can be a pauper right now, but you begin to declare everything my hand touches prospers. Every place the soles of my feet tread, I'm going to possess it. I have authority over the things that are trying to take me down because I'm lifting Jesus up. Is this first Nazarene? Do not be faithless and incredulous, but stop your unbelief and believe. You see, doubts, here's some doubts, dangers. In the, the same way faith connects us to God, unbelief destroys our relationship with God, robbing us of spiritual vitality. Unbelief attacks us in three areas. It attacks our basic trust in Christ as Savior. After all, if, if Jesus can forgive us our sin and sins, original sin, born with, innate, came at birth, and the sins or actions, behavioral sins, 
If he can forgive us of those things and offer us heaven, I think he can pay the light bill. I think he can give us money to pay for the car repair. I'm sure he can do things, anything and everything. But it's funny to me that we can think, if I pray, I can go to heaven, and we trust that. But when it comes to the little things of life that annoy us, we get negative. See, I know I'm going to heaven. Now, every now and then the devil will try to creep in and say, well, you know, you weren't real good this week. And I want to say, go to hell where you are. I'm not nice to the devil. And hell is where he lives. Okay, so you're thinking that's a curse word. No, that's a location that some people will visit. Number two, it attacks our increasing victory over the power of sin in our lives, limiting our spiritual growth. That's what doubt does. It limits our spiritual growth. And, and there are just things that you have to declare and you have to step out in faith to do. Uh, I, I've told the story many times, which was really huge to me. Uh, when I went to college, I didn't have uh, anybody to pay for my college degree. It was a private university where God instructed me to go, and I knew I didn't have the money. I could have gone for 75% less if I'd have gone to another school, but God told me to go to a particular school. And, and so I was trying to get out in three and a half years because I was an older student. I needed to get on, get gone, get on with life. And, and so uh, I, there were three courses I wanted to take throughout the summer, which would have given me nine hours uh, toward, uh, of credit toward my degree. And one of them was Luke Acts. It was a, it was a course I really wanted to take. It was offered in the summer. I didn't have the money. But I woke up one day, and God said, I want you to go to class. And I said, well, God, I don't have the money. And so I go to class, and it was a pretty big class. And the professor, in the summertime, he's going down the list of all the people who hadn't paid. And he was doing it alphabetically, so that put me kind of at the front of the line. A, B, C. Do, re, mi. Anyway, so just think of Michael Jackson there for a minute. Okay. I got my glove on. And so... He goes through there, and, and he passes the C's and the D's, and, and at the end of it, I lifted my hand, and I said, my name is Mark Crow, and I said, you didn't read my name. He said, well, you're not on the list. I went, and this is just how dumb I was, I, but, but I got to be because I didn't pay. I mean, I'm like overly honest. I said, I didn't pay, and he said, I, I can't help you. He said, you're not on the list, so you're in the class. Well, I was so taken by that that I, I went to the registrar business office and I went and I said, my name's Mark Crow. I'm enrolled in Luke Acts and I did not pay. And, and I explained everything. I have my student number and the lady goes, well, let me go check on it. And she goes and comes back and says, you're paid. I said, no, I'm not. And she said, look, all I know is somebody wrote a check and they paid for your entire class. Now, all I'm saying is this. That was one of my first introductions to obeying God when it looked foolish. Saying what God would say after that, I never doubted again. If they didn't mention my name, I'd just say glory to God today. But God needed to introduce me to a miracle, and, and he did. And that was just one of many throughout my life that he introduced me to a miracle, knowing that you may not have something, but God has somebody who has something that you need, and that something will get to you. But if you don't obey him, he said, the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. So if you're walking around humdrum talking about all your problems, keep talking about them, you'll keep having them because you're going to have what you say. 
Don't go, hey, I can't believe my car broke down again. I'd look, get up and say, man, I cannot wait to see what God's got for me. If my car's broken down, God's got me one that's fixed up. Or he's going to get this one fixed up. God's going to take care of it. You'd be surprised at what happens when you get positive. Other people want to help you. And, and you know, when, when you get blessed, get, let me just tell you something. There are people that get blessed and, and they think, well, you know, I'm as blessed as I need to be. No, no, no. This, you got to strike that. God will keep on blessing your life. This is not like, well, I'm, I'm better than I ever thought I'd be. This is good enough. No, no, I want to represent God. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm richly blessed, highly favored, empowered to prosper, walking in divine health, going from victory to victory and glory to glory. But I know it's going to get better. You see what I'm saying? Now, some of you, that just yeah, just like water off a duck's back. You're just like, man, I've heard that. You need to hear it again and again and again and again. I need to hear it again and again and again and again. I say things over and over and over and over. Repetition is the mother of learning. So every time I stand up here and I say something like that, I'm trying to get that into your heart. You go away and you'll listen to the podcast again and you'll get this down in your heart. That's how come now when I, I, we give, you know, as I bring my tithes and offerings unto the Lord, I'm believing for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, bills decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what good does that do? It does me a lot of good. I mean, I'm just telling you, when, when, when you get hit with something, and trust me, 2023 was worse than 2020 for me, but let me, I mean, 2022, and then, but 2023 is going to be better for me. I'm not denying facts. See, that's what a lot of people don't realize. I'm not denying the facts. I was lost, but now I'm found. The fact is, I was lost. I was blind, but now I see. I'm not afraid to tell you what I was and certainly not afraid to tell you what I'm going to be. Better and better and better and better. I want, you to, I want you to get up every day when you're tempted to say something negative, say, but God. If you can say nothing else, say, but God. Just do that. Watch and see what happens. You're going to be a happy camper. Now, there will be religious people, right? You believe that stuff. Do you believe that? Yes, I do. And just tell me next time you need me to pray for you. Because I'm praying for you. Don't ever give up your confession of faith in Jesus and what he's, what he's capable of doing. Doubts are created and increased when we look at our own capacity without God's involvement. Now, you can, most of us look and say, I've done all I can do. That's okay. God hasn't done all he can do yet. And so what happens is if we allow our doubts to live in us, we're looking at our capacity and not God's. Out of the Amplified Bible, Philippians 4.13 says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. People can steal from you. They can try to put you down. They can try to put you out. But let me tell you, the day will come when the thief is caught stealing, he has to pay back seven times. It's one of my favorite passages. You think you can get me? You can't get me. 
You might look like you got me for a minute, but you can't keep me. He keeps me in his hands. He keeps his angels surrounding me. All that God has is around me today. Try to come through that force shield. That, that, mm-mm. The only way you get in is if I let you. Somebody call me stupid. Do you believe you're stupid? It's not what they call you. It's what you answer to that matters. We're blaming other people for where we are or where we're not. And the reality is we are where we are because we made decisions to be here. Doubts have to be addressed realistically and overcome spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And the challenge is is there's often a disconnect between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. The amygdala is filled with emotions, and there's no logic to it whatsoever. And guess what? We all have emotions, and, and we all have feelings, and they're valid. But when you connect those to logic before you explode and give reason to the emotion, it will protect you. But you've heard people say, I just couldn't help it. I just blew up. Well, go blow up somewhere else. Don't blow up all over me. I don't want your guts in me, on me. Just pause. Quit being emotional. Quit letting your emotions run. I don't mind when I say quit being emotional. Don't allow your emotions to run rampant in your life. You'll make stupid decisions because you didn't think through them. I'm a very emotional person, and I realize that. I'm a passionate person. And if somebody raises their voice at me, my first temptation is to be a little louder than them. But it's so cool now. I can look and go, well, hmm, that really irritates angry people. Hmm. Now, your goal is not to irritate them, but the goal is that you don't take on what they're trying to dish out. It's not easy, man. Now, it is for some of y'all because... You wouldn't get excited if the building was on fire. I don't know what personality type that is, like D, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. I don't know what personality type that is. But type A, we'd be hauling y'all out here on our backs, throwing you out there. We'd be rushing everywhere. And all it was was a trash can fire. But some of y'all need to get tenacious. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, one of my favorite passages of many in the Bible. And, and it says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And it was just Isaiah 6. And Isaiah said, I, I, I don't know what to do. And then in verse 8, he goes on to say, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And his response was, here am I, send me. Now, he shifts from being realistic, almost doubtful, to saying, I'll go. I look at all of this. I'm not worthy. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. But Isaiah said, in that moment, I got a revelation. It doesn't matter. I'm going anyway. Here I am. Send me, God. We oftentimes look at ourselves that, that we're not the best candidate. We're, we're not the ones that should be going, God really messed up, made a mistake. I mean, if I look at my past, there's no way my future and where I'm at today would even make sense to me, and I guarantee it doesn't make sense to a lot of people in my little redneck neighborhood I grew up in. Trust me. 
that was back in the day when we were, we, 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 the rite of passage when we were young, at 12 years old, we went from a pellet gun to a 410. And we drove to school with gun racks in the back of our trucks. Oh, I'm telling you, man, not nowadays, nowadays they, you can't even go with a little bitty bobby pin. So I look at that and I look at this and, and I go, God, how did you take a kid from that environment to this environment? I was scared to death to start preaching because I went to a full gospel church. If anybody spoke in tongues, you didn't know what to do. You're like, oh, God. I'm in charge. Doubts require trust in God and actions to overcome with God. All things are possible. Doubts will remain doubts if we don't speak to them and challenge them. Confront them. Don't be nice to them. In Mark chapter 9, verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? He was throwing himself into the fire and out. He was going crazy. And the dad says, from childhood, he answered, it, it, it has often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. But you can do anything. If you can do, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus, in verse 23, says, if you can. This is like one of the, this made Jesus really cool to me. You talking to me? That'd be how it'd be written today. If you can, you're telling, asking the Son of God, if you can? Jesus said, like, really? Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, this is, look at this, from doubt to faith. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Some of y'all think you are never going to have anything, nothing good's ever going to happen. And literally, if you begin to change your communication, your confession, you're going to see things happen that you've dreamed of happening, but you've been afraid to talk about. People will call you crazy. People will criticize you. People will mock you. People will try to be negative. And it's not just you. It's not like they have a personal vendetta against you. It's just that they, they don't have any optimism or positive or faith themselves. And they'll try to keep you in, in this negative camp. I just can't get around people. When people are negative, I cannot do negative. I'm like that little girl. Shh. Shh. I cannot. I'm going to do positive today. Get up every day and make those declarations every day. Get up and say them. My, uh, I was going to read this next week, and I may still do it. I was telling you all, I was in Seattle um, last week to visit my grandkids, and I was taking uh, my grandson to school with my son. I was riding with him, and my son goes, okay, Asher, who's four, will be five in January. Okay, Asher, today we're going to do our affirmations. I thought, wow, Okay. I don't know what they are, so I, I could just listen. And here it is. It says, uh, I nurture my body, my mind, and my heart. I love and respect the you that you are. I listen to how I'm feeling inside, and if I hurt you, I ask, how can I make it right? It's okay to mess up. I can ask for help. I am brave. I take chances, and I'm kind to myself. 
I use what I have to speak out against wrongs. I just one, I'm just one me, but my voice is strong. I explore and I learn. If I cry, it's okay. I am safe. I am loved. Today's a good day. And my grandson, who's not even five, is quoting this along with my son. And I'm sitting there going, everything in me wanted to go, yeah, you got it from the old man. But I actually looked and I said, that is so Jesus, I can't even take credit for it. Because I didn't know that when they were young. I didn't, I didn't have a grasp of the power of the word and the power of words. So let me encourage you this week. If you have to write things down and put them on the refrigerator or on the mirror, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Because what you say is the direction you'll move, the direction you'll look, and, and eventually you'll take yourself down a pathway of negativity instead of positivity. And this is, you can, and I know what some people think, you know, especially people get all round up, oh, you're just a positive thinker. Well, what are you? Is there something wrong with being positive? And then people say, well, you believe in prosperity. I believe in that more than I believe in poverty. See, and people get mad, and, and the world has tried to create this negative thing about prosperity, and, and God himself in Third John 2, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the word of God. He said, if you give, I'll give back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's God. He said, if you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, I'll open the windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing, you won't have room enough to contain it all. On top of that, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. These are biblical verses, folks. Listen to me. The Bible is not just a history book telling you what happened in the past. It's a promise book telling you what can happen in the future if you will obey it. <laughs> Declare it. Don't let it go. Hold those words of God in your heart and mouth and then declare them out loud. Don't just carry a Bible around thinking it scares the devil. The Bible doesn't scare the devil. What scares the devil is when the Bible gets in you, not in your hand. Speak words of faith. People want to be around you. Matter of fact, you'll have to change your phone number if you get that positive. People love being around people who are optimistic, who are full of faith, who are positive. Now, you'll always have your full of doubt small groups. There will be people who want to get together and talk about everybody, including you, the one week you don't show up at their group. Well, I can't believe they didn't make it. Then next week you make it and you realize somebody else didn't show up and they start talking about them. And it was you the week before. One pastor taught me this. He said, people must be as safe in their absence as they are in our presence. They must be as safe in their absence as they are in our presence. Speak good things. Be kind. And it's not just for the sake of other people, though it will bless them, but it will bless you because you're sowing seeds of kindness that you will reap a harvest from. If somebody's mean to you, be nice to them. You'll get a nice harvest. They'll get a mean harvest. Not that you want that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being a God of faith. You have so much faith in us that you gave your only son, believing that if you sent him and he died and he was raised from the dead, that we would honor 
and accept him. Many, many millions of people have done that. There are still those who haven't. And rather than being critical of those who have not accepted your son, we're going to be full of faith that they will. So, Lord, I pray for families today who have lost children, lost spouses, lost coworkers, lost community neighborhoods and neighbors, and on and on and on. Lord, we pray for those people today that they would come to know you. And we're speaking life over them and not death, blessing and not cursing. Father God, we thank you no matter if somebody's mean to us, we're going to be kind to them. Lord, we're going to stay full of faith and positive thoughts. And, Lord, we're going to live our lives anticipating that we are going from glory to glory. With every head bowed, every eye closed, there are those of you that have not accepted Christ. And it would be a good day for you to do that. So I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, this is not about an emotion. This is about a statement of truth. Many people pray that prayer, and they have an immediate emotional feeling of release, and that's awesome. And then there are those who pray that prayer and go, I don't feel anything. You see, faith is not a feeling. It's a fact. And when you declare what God's Word declares, whether you feel it or not, it sends up signals to heaven, and it begins to shape things in heavenly realms. So don't think you've always got to feel it. There are times I don't feel it at all, but I declare the promise of God in the midst of feelings I don't like, and God will change it. So if you prayed that prayer and you, you, you know that, that, that you needed that and that you're born again, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. We receive that in our text in church, and, and it helps us. It doesn't go out to everybody. It comes into the administrator, and we get that. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 930 a.m. and 11 a.m., or join us online. God bless you.